Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. At Evolution, we are committed to helping people and Nordics tech organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. I'm Georgia Benton from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and today I'm your host. Today I'm joined by uh, Ahmad Almadi, who's co-founder at Cross Platform, Kasper Verima, who's the CEO at Staffbit and CTO Pub. And I have Andre Namazi Sudeland, who's the tech lead at Hubert, to discuss the art of recruiting and retaining remote tech talent. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room uh, with some introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what you do and what your biggest passion is currently. Ahmad, do you want to kick us off? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Ahmed El Madi. Um, I'm a co-founder, as uh, Georgia said, for um, uh, cross-platform Sweden. What we do is basically we deliver software um, solutions for 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 different kind of customers. Um, I myself uh, live in a city called Westeros in Sweden, and um, I'm married. I have, um, I'm a father of one child and um, a father of a second child who's coming in two weeks, hopefully. Um, I'm very happy that you, I'm invited for this, uh, for this podcast and I hope that I will contribute in some useful um, topics. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks for introducing yourself. Casper, um, do you want to go ahead and tell us about yourself? Sure, sounds good. So, hey everyone, I'm Casper. Uh, I've been in tech for around a decade. For most of my career, I've been attached to Microsoft Tech Stack, so it would be C Sharp and Azure. Uh, in the past, I've been trying run my own startups with some failures along the way, uh, but also helped multiple startups and scale up grow in the tech industry. Uh, I went through the individual contributor path uh, and then migrated to some management roles. Uh, with that in mind, I think that tech problems are easier to solve than people want. Uh, I am always optimistic and dedicated to help people grow. Now I run a small software house, Staffbit, but as I like to stay close to the tech and help startups and scale-ups, I work also as a technical advisor on a contract basis. Uh, and recently we decided to start a CTO pub. It's community for CTOs where they could grow and share experiences and knowledge. Privately from a year, uh, I'm a proud father of one. Even if it's a year, I still tell that I'm very fresh father. <laughs> and I love all kinds of sports like golf, mostly and in the winter i got snowboard in summer i also do calisthenics and that's me amazing thank you for such a great introduction and andre last but not least tell us about yourself thank you yeah so my name is uh, andre anamas sutherland uh, and i'm a tech lead at uh, hubert i started my career at uh, ibm and uh, after some years there i moved on to hubert which is a a candidate screening platform for high volume recruitment, which enables recruiters to do their best hires ever while reducing bias and democratizing the access to a first interview uh, by leveraging conversa conversational AI similar to ChatGPT, but built on our own proprietary technology. Um, I'm very passionate about the intersection of tech, people, and the business so the startup world fits me perfectly uh, outside of work i'm really this time of the year i'm really into watching ice hockey uh, and recently got into running uh, preparing for the stockholm marathon 2024 hi everyone this is chris bennett here and knowledge managing director here at evolution we're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. 
Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Well, I wish you the best of luck with the uh, the Stockholm Marathon. I'm guessing that's quite a hard task uh, for you ahead. Um, but yeah, now we've uh, established a context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. Um, you all have a question or statement on the art of recruiting and re- retaining remote tech talent. As usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation too. Let's start with Andre. So I've got your question here. In a remote work setting, what steps do you take to foster a sense of team cohesion and camaraderie among your distributed workforce? Tell me where this question comes from. Uh, so I think in the in a world of remote work, I think it's easy to feel forgotten or, or that you're necessarily not part of the team in a more genuine way. Uh, and uh, I think it's very important for everyone uh, managing remote workers that you make everyone feel included and always part of the team, despite sitting in another city or even like another time zone in a remote part of the world. Uh, so I think it's very uh, very important to focus on like making everyone feel included, not forgotten, and that they're still part of the team. Yeah, yeah so I might start. Uh, we're having uh, more more challenges with the remote uh, work coming, and as you stated, uh, people feeling included and not forgotten is one of them. Uh, and yeah, we have pretty easier. Uh, with this because uh, we're remote first, but just working across a few time zones. So we're like plus minus three to Central European time. And this this gives us easier way to collaborate. Uh, we're working fully remotely, but we know that team building is super important. And what we do is we do company retreats uh, we try to organize something once a quarter, meet in office, and just do some team building. It's not time to work. It's time to team bonding. It's time to do something good, something fun uh, that strengthens the relations in the teams. Except of that, we tried one thing, which was workation, and we did it last year it was skiing trip to austria and it went out great so the, mo- in more day to day what we do besides like traditional scrum meetings etc we have special water cooler moments and it's only to chat to say what's going ar- around you what's in your private life and also on the retros, it's great to have icebreakers to just get deeper into knowing people. Yeah, I think it's great what you're saying, Casper, uh, that the, there needs to be like a balance of both the water cooler moments as well as like going on retreats and seeing each other. Uh, I think depending on the company size, the latter part, uh, or I mean the part regarding uh, like getting together in a physical location might be hard depending on like how far away you are in company size and and so on. But I think it's definitely definitely something to to strive for. And uh, uh, you were touching on the part regarding communication, and I think that's probably the most important part because I'm we all can get together once in a while, but I think it's the moments they're in between the get-togethers that are the most important for fostering like this uh, sense of belonging and uh, and feeling like properly part of the team. Uh, so on that note, I, I think these like regular check-ins and like constantly being in communications is really important. But I also think the part of uh, uh, feeling ownership of part of the product you're working on is also really important because that make, also makes you the person that people are going to reach out to. So it shouldn't just be this like organized uh, communication that you have like a set number, like you have the stand up and maybe like a water cooling or what did you call it? The water 
something meeting. Water cooler uh, moments. Yeah, sorry, not water. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, but also having like the informal informal reach of like, oh, I have a question to you about this because you're the one who's responsible for this or that. I think that's also really important to like feel uh, appreciated and uh, like being being uh, an owner of something. So if I may, if I may uh, talk about this, first of all, I would like to express that it's a um, very important question when it comes to working remotely, especially for those who newcomers, basically, like they want to integrate with the, with a the new team, right? And it can be kind of difficult to do it when you are not physically together with the same team. So luckily, I run a company, we are small members, but even I think even with bigger companies, you would apply the same the same uh, same uh, situation. So what we do usually like it, it we started from the <clears throat> after the recruitment, we always have some kind of a shadow person with that with the newcomer. so that is always that so to kind of establish or build kind of familiarity with uh, uh, with any of the team. And if that person is, for example, busy with something, we bring another person from us like who is a bit less busy and stick with that person for at least the first couple of weeks. Uh, in addition to that, um, yes, our we work almost 100% remotely. And however, since we're all living in the same country in Sweden, we try to meet once a month physically. And... Um, that's usually that meeting is basically um, just for fun. Yeah, we do work, but mostly gossip. And and then after after that, we do like we have a dinner and then like after work. So that gives a feeling when you meet someone that this person's fun, right? Like I'm going to meet him and have, have, a, have a nice time, right? So uh, another part, which is um, I think we do, we try not to work solo. If it's possible, like when we go, when we take some projects, we try to recruit two people at least in that project. So so they can always be working together, uh, like having like a one to one session. So there's always this this bond. And lastly, we always have uh, like a like a weekly meeting for the whole team. Um, usually it starts discussing whatever, you know, politics, what got happening in life, and then what we, what we have been doing. So we're always aware of what the person is doing and what's not. So that's how usually like try to keep us being, you know, like have the feeling for having one team. Yeah, Ahmed, uh, because uh, the shadow person is a great idea. It's like a body you could rely on when starting a new project and having someone that introduces you to the culture, to the place is really great uh, experience when onboarding new people. And uh, regarding what you said, Andre, it's for, in my experience, it's super important to meet someone in person. Even if you're a big company, if you're spread worldwide, even once a year, would be super beneficial for the company if you meet face to face and build and strengthen that relations. And regarding the communication, it's critical skill in remote work. And during the recruitment process, it's one of the aspects that should be really considered high on the, on the skills you desire to recruit for. Uh, yeah, like even if uh, even if you can't get together, what we've done that has been, uh, uh, from uh, my perception, quite successful is that uh, maybe we can't fly everyone into Stockholm because of the cost reasons, for example. Uh, so what we've done instead is that whenever we've done something at the, this Stockholm office, we've also organized something more local for our remote workers where they can get together and have a dinner or something because maybe like for example we're working with people from Sri Lanka a lot and uh, we can get them together but it might be hard to fly them over to Sweden because of the yeah, cost reasons for example so just like making the remote team as like enabling them to get closer together in the sense that 
they can have this more like online com regular conversations with each other. Of course, we're also very involved from Sweden, but they kind of like foster and remote worker culture as well and enabling them to get together and so on. They're just as much part of the team as everyone else, of course. Uh, but the, yeah, you kind of have to like play with the resources you have and be a bit creative. And uh, I think uh, I think we also have to like include the, uh, what you're saying, Ahmad, like the more informal aspects to to like uh, catching up to each other, having this coffee or whatever, because I think it's it's way more natural. And uh, I don't think like we're all humans after all. And I think that something that's quite often forgotten in our industry is that uh, w what we can do in a world full of machines is to be more human. And uh, it doesn't have to be like formal all the time. And uh, of course you kind of like have to feel each other out where you can draw that line, but it's very much what's on the company culture. And I think uh, and, uh, also you have to think about like, why is someone working remotely? Uh, so here the quality of hire also comes in that uh, if they've chosen voluntarily to work remotely because it fits their life way better and they get more out of life uh, that way, that's probably going to be a person who's going to be more involved in finding their own ways of belonging as well. So it's both from a manager and the company side of course there's a lot of responsibility there but it also comes down to the individual to kind of like speak up if they're feeling that uh, they're like being forgotten or whatever you want to call it uh, or if there's like something that doesn't feel right uh, so there's like a balance there but of course from the company side and the manager side the most of the responsibility comes there and the, having like this uh, what did you call it, uh, Ahmad? This uh, person that follows them in the beginning and helps them out and uh, shadow person. Makes... Yeah, the shadow person, and that's a great idea. But it shouldn't be too formal. You still have to, yeah, keep the human aspect of it. Yeah, I think we all agree on that. That at the end of the day, we are all humans, and it's the individuals we need to take care of, and everyone would love to have a company with culture where people are not afraid to speak up are not afraid to tell you okay right now i'm struggling because i'm having some personal issues and being allowed to do it but building that trust is hard it's the hard part because you need to firstly give trust and then you got trusted so it doesn't mean to micromanage or it's, it's really complex uh, to do it, but we all agree that it's all about the people. Perfect. No, some really good um, answers on that. Um, great discussion. Um, we'll move on to the next question as well. So I have Ahmed. Um, so I've got your question, which is how do you guarantee the minimum, the minimum amount of discipline needed when the person is not in the same room as you, whilst keeping the team motivated, what's the context behind uh, your question? Yeah, so uh, the context is basically um, I was trying to do some new stuff, some new things. Um, in Sweden, we have something called Utvecklin uh, Samtal, which is which means performance uh, discussion, and that and that happens a yearly where uh, the employee says or the person say that uh, I would like to achieve these three or four goals within this year and then next year we we see like how does it go so I try to do something different do it in different ways so I was doing it in a micro level so instead of having a yearly uh, uh, like set of goals I told them okay so since we meet once a month let's just every time we meet you tell me a goal that you wanted to achieve like here that you have achieved uh within that month it can be anything it can be like starting learning a new language or it can be going to the gym it can be it can be something personal or something uh work related however it i didn't succeed so kind of you know i felt ah manana manana you know like uh 
kind of ah, I forgot to 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 I didn't plan my goals. I didn't start my goals. I didn't something like that. So that's one thing. Another thing, like we sometimes um, a person kind of disappears. Like uh, um, I send him or her like messages or like they have been receiving messages, but you know, they respond really late, you know, like they t- take them hours and like, where did the person go? Where did that person go? And um, some incidents. So I would like to hear you guys from you guys. Like, um, how do you, how do you address such, such stuff without being bossy, you know, without being, you know, this micromanagement uh, addict or, you know, uh, uh, yeah, please. Um, maybe you can start with Georgia. Maybe you have some ideas. <laughs> I'm not that techie, so I'm not too great with that side of things. Um, and and obviously here at Evolution, we we don't always work remotely, but we have the option to be quite flexible. Um, with ourselves, our work is kind of we have to take ownership um, of whatever work that we're doing, and if if I don't do the work from home and I don't respond quickly, um, it's kind of my work, that my business that gets delayed then. It's not anyone else's because I take ownership of it. Um, I don't know whether that's too relevant to you guys, but obviously that's how it, it works on our side for, for the contract recruitment side of things. Um, I think that one of the main reasons why people want to work remotely is because they want this uh, work-life balance or actually a, a word I rather prefer than work-life balance is work-life harmony because we spend so much time at work that it's uh, such a big part of our lives that we have to find a harmony between uh, work and uh, outside of work it's not like one or the other and uh, and a lot of the freedom that's uh, given to individuals working remotely is that they can uh, have a better family life they can um, do other things during the work day uh, that uh, they wouldn't be able to do if they went to the office for example uh, and i think here uh, to not run into the issue you're speaking of akma this uh, is to like keep an open conversation that maybe it's uh, depending on your workplace, of course, and what your uh, hard requirements are, but it's okay to go and, I don't know, fix your car or the lunch break or whatever and be gone for two hours as long as you catch up in the evening. Uh, so there has to be some uh, freedom and very, very, oh, uh, being able to have very open conversations about like what I'm doing and be honest about it. Because maybe what this person is doing is uh, is something they don't feel comfortable talking about. So this and that happened in my life. I had to go, I don't know, fix the car, it it broke or something. Um, But uh, feeling uh, comfortable enough to be able to speak openly about that rather than giving like cheap excuses uh, and so on. Yeah, thanks. But uh, what happens, like for example, if you see it becoming like on a, on a certain person that it becomes a pattern, you know, that this person is being, uh, you know, disappearing uh, more often. And what happened? Like when, 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 when will you like draw some lines? When will you? And and if you draw some lines and that person, you know, break these lines, what do you do? without being, you know, feeling bad about what you're doing. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned already the micromanaging, and that's, of course, not something you want to run into. It's a thin line to cross, especially in the situation where the person is uh, coming with excuse over and over again and not the delivery, perhaps. So I think here uh, you as a manager have to be like, these are my expectations from uh, Everyone on the team, you don't have to point out a certain person. Uh, that's not the right way to go about it, but rather uh, like these are the expectations and they have like regular check-ins. So I think here uh, for remote talent, the, like having the structured communication is a big role here. Like what am I going to work on today? Like a stand-up basically, like what am I going to work on today? What have I been working on yesterday? Uh, what issues am I having or is there anything else I should bring up? And I know that some companies, we're not doing that, but some companies have like a, a morning stand-up and then they have a, a checkout before they leave work. Like, what did I get done today? 
so I think here also um, having ownership of what you're doing is really important because if I'm the owner of something, I'm going to make sure that I really deliver on that. And then I'm also going to be accountable for everything that I don't deliver on. So I think that sense of accountability is also like part of keep, keeping these uh, these uh, quiet quitters, if we call them that, uh, uh, accountable for the work. Okay, so for me, it's, it's the most important if you answer the question, is the work getting it done? Is he getting the goals? Is he having right performance uh and what performance means to you like what are your metrics what do you measure having that individual plan is really amazing but going on monthly basis and checking hey did you learn new programming language might be too ambitious for the people because they might feel overwhelmed by it or it might be just too much maybe going on a quarterly basis would be better and would work better for you. Yeah, I mean, thanks, guys. I mean, I agree with Andre regarding being open and regarding being, uh, uh, you know, like having discussion with one person and each, each, each person should take their own responsibilities. And Casper, uh, uh, yeah, so you have a nice suggestion is instead of doing it monthly, we do it quarterly. Um, definitely need to try that, but also like I have a, my, my question is regarding being absent. Yes, you might deliver, but and you might deliver in, in the midnight. But then we have the issue here of of cohesion. We have the issue of uh, communication with the rest of the teams. You know, like uh, how will like if I'm a person who you know in the next couple of weeks, you know, like I'm. I'm I'm not available. I just work, you know, midnight so I can just deliver, and no one in the team can reach me. So that kind of affect the I don't know if it's a great the team spirit or teamhood. I'm not sure if a teamhood is a word, but uh, um, yeah. So how can that you know yeah how can we achieve that? Okay, so I would say firstly for sure. The more transparent you are, the better, because people then know what to expect and what is expected from there. I could give you one good story uh, from a CTO friend uh, about hiring people. And he was like, he hired a great guy. He was really amazing on the recruitment. And the first month, he was really crushing it. And after a month, his productivity really dropped and they didn't really go deeper into the situation. Uh, they fired him like shortly after a second month. He was like pretty fresh CTO. So uh, it was I mean, maybe mis we all do mistakes. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it went out that the fa father of that guy died earlier. And even if he was doing like 20 or 30% of work, it was his 100%. So having that culture of people uh, feeling hurt, feeling like being not afraid to speak is super critical. And if you want to build like that ownership in team, uh, there is like none rule, which stands for not a number and it means like people are noticed so you get into knowing them outside of work like we know you're getting your kit in two weeks so you check out uh people okay so how are you are you prepared for the new family member etc uh then they're affirmed so uh you tell them why they matter recognize their unique strength and contributions to the project. So you did great delivering X feature or something or helping Y uh, to come to our company as the shadow friend and then need it. So people are relied on and they know they have 
uh, important role for team. And they are team members and that they can rely on each other and on, on their leaders. So it's, it all goes back to culture, I would say. It's super hard, but, but at the end of the day, that's, that's my opinion. I think you're bringing up such a great point, Casper, uh, that boils uh, uh, down to that uh, with remote talent, it's hard to like see how they're doing because people coming into the office, like you can usually tell if someone's having a bad day. Uh, and uh, of course, remote talent can also have their bad days, although uh, you don't see them every day like you would with someone coming into the office. And here it comes down to just again being human in the world of machines uh, that uh, you have these like regular check-ins that you create this culture where people can speak about their issues they can be human they can uh, express their worries emotions or what they're going through in life without having to like fear their job and so on because i think it's easy to get into a place where uh, the productivity of remote talent is just uh, based on what they deliver. So it's very like numeric in that sense. And maybe you hold them to other standards than what someone working from the office would do, because in the office, you can always see what they're doing, uh, sort of, or that they're actually being present there. Uh, so I think it's uh, important that you have like the same expectations from the remote talent as with the people working from uh, uh, from the office and uh, uh, it's impossible to like tell if someone's having a bad day if they're not saying it so in your friend's case uh, he couldn't tell what he was going through of course he, he we don't know all the details but he could have asked and so on been uh, like checking in on that I think that's the first thing to do but somewhere as a manager you also have to draw the line like you say and uh, and if it's taken to that point where it's a matter of like, can we keep this person in the company? Uh, I think as a manager, there's a pretty good, uh, uh, pretty good saying that uh, like a healthy dog, won't just go and bite someone. It will first make like these noises telling that, oh, it's not, it's not liking what you're doing. Then it will bite you. The same has to go for, I think, not only in the work setting, but just in life in general, that you kind of have to like express your dissatisfaction because then they get the chance to reply to that and tell them what uh, uh, what they're going through or like maybe there's a very good reason for it. Maybe something that you're not seeing. And uh, if it still doesn't fix the problem and they're not communicating it, then it's uh, then it's up to them. But yeah, of course, every situation is unique in this sense. But I think that would be a good general sense of going about it. Just touching back on Casper's earlier point about full transparency as well, I think you can use that in other aspects. So maybe sometimes explaining the reason why the response time, for instance, needs to be quicker. Um, you need to explain the impacts on the projects, the stakeholders, product, if it is a repeat problem. Sometimes explaining the reasons for processes, um, it helps people understand like the consequences as well, um, and not just for themselves, but for the wider team. So something maybe uh, to, to keep in mind term. You can also tell uh, the, the person how it's affecting you personally, as if you're directly managing him, uh, what consequences you will have because of his attitude. And uh, that possibly should work a bit because we're all human beings and social animals. So we don't like to do bad for others. And uh, something we didn't touch upon that you mentioned, Akman, is that uh, is if someone is delivering, but is delivering at like midnight and you can't get a hold of that person. Uh, I think you also have to be transparent as a leader about, uh, just because we're touching on like setting expectations that maybe you have a couple of hours throughout the day where you have to be available no matter what you're doing. Like even if you're sitting in the car wash or wherever you are, uh, you should still be available to answer questions, give a call or provide some information like having the laptop uh, at hand. Uh, so I think there's like a give and take. You have to be quite flexible as a manager to allow people to live their life like they want to and have this work-life harmony while also like uh, 
ask for them to like it. It's a, it's about giving and taking here. Thank you, guys. So uh, I think I'm gonna start by walking my team members for an hour a day to make sure not to be bitten. You know. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, really, thanks. I mean, uh, nice story from Casper that, um, yeah, we need to be open and make sure that everything is going well with the, with the other person. And as a team leader, that's my role, basically. And uh, yeah, so I'm happy that you guys uh, uh, give some nice points here. Thanks a lot. Brilliant discussion yeah. and some Great ideas as well um, from, from everyone. Um, last but not least, Casper, I've got your question too. Um, so as remote work provides flexibility, it also brings challenges in maintaining work-life balance. What initiatives or approaches have you implemented to, sort you, to support your remote tech talent um, in achieving a healthy balance and avoiding burnout? What's the context behind your question? Yeah, so the story is... I've personally went through a really horrible burnout in the past, and I don't wish anyone to experience it. Uh, and also one of my team members who was like overachiever and always was taking all the responsibility and went through a really hard burnout this year. Like, and I, I'm not working with that company anymore, uh, but I'm still trying to be there for him just to support and help him but having some tools to avoid people from getting into that burnout state would be really helpful yeah so i think this is really also a great question um that uh, i'm not really sure about like maybe it would be nice to know more about the conditions that led you to to be burned out because that's really important for us as team leaders uh, so if there are like any kind of uh, indications or any kind of symptoms that happened before they actually they, they got the burnout but in our case um at least I, I i don't know like i don't have really statistics but i think one of the things that working remotely uh, one of the good effects of it is is that makes you feel that you are working in a place that you're comfortable with and that reduces the chances of being burned out that's one thing the other thing is that um usually when I hear stories about some person, some people who go being burned out, I usually have the, the idea that they have been working alone for a long time and taking responsibilities alone. And that's in in my in our case is is uh, yeah, that's what we what one of the things why we try to to make people work in pairs. Um, to avoid that, to have the feeling, ah, oh, it's not all on me, but I have a partner in this, so maybe I can. We both take responsibilities. We both think, uh, no, like maybe we also remind each other, okay, maybe let's stop working now. Let's do it tomorrow. Maybe we come back with a fresher, with a fresher ideas, and so we can solve this issue. Especially when you, when we, when we are, when we are talking, like when you are talking about the tech field. You know, you get you get stuck in one problem while you're programming, uh, like for the for the for the for four 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 hours, and then you take a small nap, and then you somehow you dream about the solution, uh, and then uh, and then you solve it. So that's another thing. And also, like when it comes to the organization itself, the policy is to make sure not to work too much. Like, hey, my like our our company is mostly consultants, and our assets are these consultants. So if they've like it's if they're going through bad time or being burned out that's bad for the company because you're gonna this person might take you know six months six six weeks leaves who's gonna you know compensate for that so um the solution is like to try to enforce them not to work so hard like if they were gonna say oh, i'm gonna work in the weekend i my role here can't no don't work in the weekend please uh take your time off that's your uh yeah, your health is your mental health is important for us. Uh, and as we said, you know, even we work with machines, we're not we're not one of them. But uh, so it is, uh, yeah, important to keep this always in mind. Yeah, thank you very much for the input. Uh, 
now I know that we shouldn't only measure the performance and we should have more like human maybe metrics, don't know yet what it could be. Uh, and regarding like setting goals, yeah, ambitious, but achievable and not like super tight deadlines and working into in constant stress. Um, sorry to hear about your burnout, Casper. Um, I think uh, I can really see like the dangers here in working remotely. Like I personally prefer to always be in the office. Like I try to go there every day because I feel like you can make the separation between uh, going to work and finishing up your work for the day is going to be a lot easier. But that's uh, whenever I work from home, it feels like uh, you just wake up, you go and sit at the computer and then you work for a whole day and then you're still at the same place as where you woke up sort of. Uh, so I think it's important to, to encourage like clear boundaries for everyone who's working remotely in that uh, it's fine not to answer on Slack after 5 p.m. It's okay to to like be uh, totally offline during the weekends, like you said, uh, Ahmad. I think you had a very good, uh, good uh, approach there. And uh, I think we should allow people to control their time and not to be like telling them how to manage it. But I think setting these boundaries is, uh, is key in uh, making people not have to think about work all the time. Uh, also encourage people to take time time uh, off. Maybe they feel like, oh, I have time to do everything during because I have this flexible schedule. But I think it's also important to like encourage people to take, I don't know, take one week of leave uh, whenever you feel like you need it. Because being able to control your work versus free time, it's uh, it's of course nice and it's of course beneficial in many ways, but it's uh, also dangerous because you feel like you have time to do all these things anyway, so I'm not going to take time off. But uh, once you take the week off, you realize, oh, I maybe I really needed it. So um, here's the question for Casper, since he's the one who brought the question. Um, tell us if, you, if it's possible if you can tell us about your story. How did you how and um, like how did you get the burned out? How did you how do you know that you are already burned out? I never had the feel. Maybe I had the feeling, but I didn't know that it's a burnout. So it would be really interesting to know your story behind it and what did you learn from it uh, and how could you avoid it if it's possible? Yeah, uh, if you went through it, you would know 100% because it's such a feeling in my personal experience. It went when I needed to go to the computer and I knew, okay, I need to code something. I wanted to vomit. So... It was that feeling or constant annexity. And I went there because I was pushing too hard. Like just it was working under constant stress and really tight deadlines that was set from the top. So it was always expecting to deliver more and more and more. <laughs> and it's really tough spot to to be in uh even if you try to tell uh someone above you like those are really ambitious deadlines and i'm not sure if we're gonna manage it but okay they tell uh our founding is really connected to this so we need to deliver that in this this deadline so then it's just achieving and yeah it's 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 rough how how to avoid it i know like understanding the understanding that well-being is really critical and uh trying to empathize even more with the people you work uh possibly treating mental health more like a mental fitness because if you go once a month to the gym you wouldn't expect super results but if you work once a month on your mental health you expect to it be super fine so maybe like daily exercises 
it's very personal because it's like I, I started practicing gratitude, started helping others a bit more. So not sure how company could impact that or uh, plant a seed in, in their employees about this. But it's it's a rough topic. Uh, I think that... Uh... Like you mentioned, Casper, like uh, having uh, focusing on mental health and uh, physical and mental health often go well together. I think uh, uh, like encouraging employees to take time off during work time to, I don't know, go for a walk or take some time off just to like relax a bit or if they want to, yeah, whatever they want to do, have like breaks throughout the day to do stuff that... uh, that uh, like helps you both physically and mentally uh, is a great way of going about it. And uh, I think um, uh, we come back to the question about like what expectations do you set for your remote talent? Are they the same as for people working in the room? Because I think the mistake that's being made over and over again is that people are just looking at people as metrics. Like, you have to perform at these metrics. We don't care about anything else. But you have to think about the longevity of your employees because you don't want them to quit. Because when you've been at the place for quite some time, you sit at so much knowledge about the product and whatever you're uh, working about. So it's also like a question about longevity for you as a as an employee in the company and the, in the organization. Because a, a company is nothing without your people. Uh, so I think it goes both ways that you can't just look at someone as a met- someone producing a certain set of metrics. You have to look at them as, yeah, we get back to that, you uh, being human in the world of machines. Like uh, your manager shouldn't just micromanage you on delivering these uh, metrics that you have to finish a number of gear tasks every day or whatever it might be. It, the most important thing is that you're, <laughs> you're healthy while doing your work. Because they both go hand in hand. Because I imagine when you were during your burnout, you probably weren't that productive. But when on the day where you feel like mentally and physically strong, that's when you produce your best work, and that's when you're also the happiest. So yeah, it all boils down to like being human, seeing the human behind the monitor, seeing the human who are producing the metrics. Of course, people have to be accountable uh, in their work, but uh, if the, you also have to make sure that they're not producing bad metrics because they're not feeling well and not uh, over-relying on those. Yeah, 100% agree with it. And also you mentioned that having a walk during the day uh, and or nap, that's super powerful tool. I've read like one neuroscience book lately and how our brain works. And if you step out from a problem and are not in the constant thinking about solution, the solutions comes to you magically. Uh, As uh, Ahmed said earlier, you go for a nap, you wake up with solution. So our brain processes the problems when it's relaxed and when it have the time to to think. What's the name of the What's the name of the book? I also read some books on that. That like actually sleeping on a problem is a it's actually a good way of solving it. Sometimes if it's like a tiny issue. <laughs> Brilliant um, ideas, guys. Obviously, it must be such a tough situation to be in to be in that burnout stage. Um, I mean, in previous roles of mine, um, I, I have personally um, <laughs> been a bit guilty of being car- getting carried away and being very, very close to burnout in a different sense of not coding. Um, so I can I can give a little bit about that experience. But even when I weren't rem- what, remotely working, I ended up taking it home with me and ended up working from home anyway, like up to like 14, 15 hours a day sometimes. Um, but similar to what Andre said earlier, like a really important thing is creating boundaries, um, especially with the team, but also yourself. Um so it's it's good to say, obviously, go for the walks and um, obviously take breaks and stuff. But I think sometimes as well, when your mind's on the work, you kind of get carried away and you don't always 
physically remove yourself from that situation. So a good idea as well is to make sure that your your team are blocking breaks out physically on the calendar, setting reminders to go for breaks as well um, or alarms um, and physically removing them from the situation where they're at the computer because it's really easy to get carried away with it. I think it's also important that the, you're able to speak openly about like what you're working on and like being able to in an organized manner like uh, communicate what you've been working on throughout the day because uh, sometimes at least from personal experience you can have the feeling that let's say you're working on a feature and you're getting stuck on a problem that you're trying to solve like you might have been stuck on that working on that problem for several hours like talking to different people and so on but your metrics are gonna say that you did nothing that day and that uh, you you kind of feel like guilty in a sense, although you've been working for not delivering, like delivering the actual feature. And uh, that's also where I think like stand-ups and like end-of-day uh, checkouts might be good for remote work, that uh, you're able to like communicate, I've been up to this the whole time, I've not been... Uh, uh, quiet quitting or watching Netflix when I should be working. I've been like hard at work at this problem. And uh, it can be a way of solving the issue, but it's also a day of you for you to like communicate what you've been up to that. Uh, yeah. Once again, we get back to the question of uh, communication here. Um, having these norms that uh, maybe at five o'clock every day, you're doing the checkout after that. Uh, you can't expect anyone to be available. Maybe someone will be because they did something else during the day that they need to yeah, catch up on some hours because of, but uh, maybe the norm can be that after 5 or 6 p.m., uh, I, I, I'm not going to be forced to answer the phone or reply to Slack messages or whatever. Great idea. It's a, a brilliant discussion that, that we've had um, on this topic and hopefully some of these ideas can help all of you um, within your teams and future projects too. Um, but yeah, I mean, before we end the podcast, I'd really like to say thank you so much to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts. Um, so just to go over again, um, we've had Ahmad Almadi, who's co-founder at Cross Platform Sweden. We've had Kasper Varema, He's the CEO at Staffbit and CTO Pub. Um, we've got Andre Namazi Soderlund, who's the tech lead at Hubert too. If you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I'm Georgia Benton and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at georgia.benton at evolution-nordics.com or even visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash Nordics. Thank you so much again to all of our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.